0: Good. So, um, a slight change of schedule. First of all, I have a train to catch at 2:30, and I found that the most popular speakers are the want that have a catch to train, <laughs> train to catch. Sorry, and uh, even though there was once a speaker that the desperate MC made a reservation on a train for him, just to have him <laughs> catch a train. So, um, it. So, so, what I do want to do is I want to make a slight change as follows. Um, at the last half hour or so, I want to dedicate to a different topic, not um, economy, as much as I guess a continuation of list of yesterday's discussion. To sort of give a crisper sense of what I think our mission is over here and so on. Uh, so it'll be sort of a, a separate entity on its own until um, until the train does cut me off. Bez Hashem. So. Moral um, hygiene. What? Moral hygiene. <laughs> Okay, so with we, yesterday we would gotten to the following points, um, the engine of economy by the Torah's perspective is um, called greed or desire for acquisition and so on, that's very powerful. We have a society regulating economy, so we had the obvious which is to provide the minimal in terms of, of a, a law and order structure. Um, so that's the, sha- that's the midos that, that you're regulating. The second element we had was common good that can never be determined by individual, like pollution, that's and um, you know, smoking and stuff like that that, that pollutes and you, you need to be able to do something as a community. Third, we didn't mention it yesterday, so I'm gonna skip ahead a drop, Theres Gemara in Barbvas Rama it to build certain things in other words, um, projects constructing projects that are needed for everyone is can be publicly imposed. so if you need a new highway, you need a new airport, um, things like that, that also makes a lot of sense. Those are things that couldn 't be done unless the public was all on board, to have people build pirate roads would be incredibly crazy. So different things like that can be imposed, and those are the more obvious ones. We then come to something that is, that we have the, the, the um, where you have contentions between different personal rights, such as my right to play music, your right to have some peace and quiet, that has different taconis, that's fine. Finally, we come to the area that seems to us the most difficult one, and that is price control. Um, by the way, this was something that was current in Israel. Until the Mapach uh, of, um, I guess it was sometime during Begin's government, they, the, the basic staples were controlled. There were price controls on staples, and milk, bread, and eggs and stuff like that uh, had a very, very strong price control on it. So it's something that was actually in, in effect in Israel, and then came abolished, re-established, and back and forth, but, but it is something that actually, to a degree, exists in, exists in modern day Israel. People still would like to have um, different uh, provisions for staples. In halacha, we have here a machlokis, if you can enforce a price control or not. Our problem was, uh, it's a machlokis in the Gemara, to understand the different sides of and how Chazal looked at the interplay between market realities and price controls. So let's go back again to page 10 and 11 of my pages. In page 11, we had Rishoyim de'ir l'hassos alamidos v'lashorim v'l'shara po'alim that they can, um, they can impose price controls. That's what it says in Chesamit Beis, in in Basra. And in Pei Tes Aleph, in page 10, it says, Machlokas, whether we enforce it or not. Some people pointed out that it's not clear if they're talking about, does the Gemara in Pei assume for granted that you can? And the question is about enforcing, or is it just another way of talking about enforcement? That, that was a question people raised, and, and it is quite not clear in the What? Right, right. So the question is does it mean we don't at all make the controls, we don't bother to make it, or does it mean we don't have to enforce it because it will enforce itself? It's appropriate. Somebody comes, it's appropriate for Besant to say these are these will be the prices, but we need not to do anything about it. So I want to look at three or four sheets here. And we've shown him and, and quote about one or two so it will get a sense of how different chazal looked at the interplay between market forces and 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 this so the rashbam again we the rashbam we did yesterday but i just wanted so that we have a cohesive entity um the agardamin lishorim So the one who holds that you don't put price controls is because market forces will naturally take care of it. And we also spoke yesterday about the difference between fair market forces or manipulative forces. If somebody artificially creates a, um, a lack of something, we have a problem with it. Now... The, the sheet in the Rajbam in the as to why you do impose it, the Gemara says The word "ramoyin" does sound, that it has nothing to do with the fact that we want everybody to enjoy the bread, or it's not bread, flour or, or wine, but there's some some fooling around going on. So the has two sheets, So it says they will create an artificial, um, spike in the price by not letting out all the tour in one shot. It is a little strange way Rashbam says it, because if let's say 90% of the two has been sold, the 10% that's coming out to the market deserves a higher price, because at this stage there's only X amount left over. And um, one would think that we'd be afraid that they would hide 90% and leave it there to create a higher price for the other one. But be it as it may, that's the first So says means because of manipulative market forces. We're not trying to upend the market. We're trying to make a level playing field that allows for the natural supply and demand to to act. So the second and many of you say this, is because of other types of um, bad practices. When you allow prices to, to become very low, you're going to allow for false goods, shoddy goods, stolen goods, etc., etc. So basically, in the Rajbam itself, we, we we what we do see is that if if the market was fair and the prices were allowed to be natural market prices, we would not impose. Any type of restriction on those market prices. Um, the the uh, reason for it is because the market takes care of itself. The only reason why we impose these, these, these um, things are in order to um, allow, to disallow um, negative practices that undermine the economic structure. <laughs> Rabbi, Rabbi Gershom over here, when he speaks about why you can't And I guess it's on the left over here. He says, um, It's sort of towards the bottom, very close to the bottom. So he says, the reason why we don't control the prices are because a person has the right to put whatever price he wants. He eats because it's In other words, if I feel my produce is bad, and it's the only way you'll ever sell your produce for a higher price than anybody else is because of that, so that's no right for that. Why would we impose? So ben Gershom says, So Rebbe Gershom also says, that it's to prevent some sort of shady dealings. Nothing to do with uh, uh, allowing for, for the market, uh, uh, you know, with making things provided for everyone at, at a reasonable price. Um, the, there is a pisker rid here that says a fascinating pshat. He says the reason we don't impose price controls is so that there not be a shortage of tvur. You impose price controls, you're going to get a shortage, um, and therefore, we, so it's obvious that he's that, that he feels you should, and the reason we don't is because it's going to be counterproductive. Okay, let's take a look for, sorry? Okay. I mean, which is an incredible, amount of empirical I mean, anticipated by what, yeah. Now I, it, it, it 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 seems to be very natural. I mean, the less tefuroa, there'll be there'll be more, and so on. We'll a, another One second. Okay, we will get the other gemara of Yes. Look look at page fifteen now. This is um, so, so. Right now, we've seen two gemaras that seem pretty much like that. The gemara in Bab in 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 fifth on page fifteen has a very again. Um, I, I'm. I'm I'm not as comprehensive as I could be. There's a mishnah in Bar that seems to have a machlokus about um, can, you, can you give things for cheaper or not? And one Let's go to 15, because that's a, a key gemara. Tanya um, Nami It says, this is the same gemara I started yesterday about Sharem, People who manipulate the marketplace by, by selectively um This uh, not bringing to the market, withholding from the market, material that would give the natural price to things. Now the Gemara continues. Tanya amar e'en oats in Paris, devarim sheish m'chayin nefesh, keg'on yenos shmanim vesaltos, avlin tavlin k'mona pilpul muta, ba'med ramur lo kechman ashuk, and so on. And then the Gemara says, Tanra banon the last lines, e'en motziyan. <laughs> um, and the Gemara says that you can't take out stuff that has The um so, so the Gemara here makes a special category of things that are chay nefesh, Basic material that you can't... Um, basic material that people need to subsist on. You cannot take out of Ritz Yisrael, you cannot hoard it, you can, um, the the Gemara speaks about profit and so on. Let's take a look at how the Rama brings this Gemara, because this is the strongest case of price control. Let's take a look at page 20, um, 23. K'for Arnu. shehanose, um, he says, "If you tell a person," so um, the Rambam is talking about the lack of honor. Honor means cheating somebody. Cheating somebody means where you sell it for a price that is twenty percent above the market. It's it's a sixth a sixth. When you add it, it's 20 you percent. know it's 20 percent of your price, more. So for instance, uh, everyone sells it for 80, you sell it for 100. Uh, so everybody else sends it, sells it for 100, you sell it for 120, and um, that's honor. So the Ramam says, If a person is upfront and he says, "I, I have a 50 percent markup on this, there's no honor." Vafilo lo'om hazeh lo'kakhti biseh Avol, Bezdin chayobim l'ifso kashorim u'laham et Bezdin is mikhuyev to impose, um a, 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 um, impose on it uh, a, 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 a shar, how much it's, 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 it, it what the maximum price is. V'lohieh kol echad v'echad mistah koma that's a Gemara from Pei of the same Gemara with, beginning in what we saw. You have a price control of 20%. 20% of the sales price is the maximum that you to have as profit. Um, and, he, and he should not make more than that. Base, by of and there's all sorts of luxuries. And then he lists um, Gimel and Dalid um, and Hay are all, and Vav as an exception, are all different types of regulations for commerce that apply to Chay and nefesh, Things that we impose regulation. So the question here is, first of all, where does this halacha come from? Uh, l- let me explain. Is this a hilchos stoker? In, in other words, it, it's a takana as a result of what? And so, 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 uh, um, why don't we give tzedaka? Everyone everybody has to give tzedaka. So, 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 and the, it's interesting the way the Rambam structures this halacha. The Rambam says it's a hilchos mechira. I would expect it's been a hilchos or as an addendum to that somebody was it, It's a very strange um, segue. He says, you're not allowed to sell stuff that is overmarked and overpriced. If the person knows about it, it's OK. But we have to impose rules and regulations to cover that. What exactly, where's that coming from? Um, I could understand that they would let's say, they did it, or Minogyov or something that. He says, business, chayev. Where exactly, if it's belongs It's a strange segue from this. So, it of it. I'm sorry, it sounds as if somewhere along the line is this or no, but it's not. I mean, drama says, I'm straightforward to you. I tell you, like, like my story yesterday with Tabzal Shisberg, I am ripping you off. This Eserig is worth $100 and I'm selling to you for $600. But we don't make it dumb. People aren't going to always be as straightforward. No difference difference he doesn't say that. I don't, I don't see that. Uh, there's no difference in dinner right now between high oh, lefish yeah, okay. and. The no, so, so, uh, so let me tell you what I. I, I again, the, 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 this is something that really. The, the simple shot people learn as Vechea Chiche Imach. And let's, and let's, and let's, um, that's one way of taking this Ramam around is as follows. The chi of more than nasan than giving, is v'chei chicha imach. allow other people to live. Give space to someone else also. It's what goes into the isser of, um, of kapuskes In other words, what allows for local monopolies? If there's a gated community or sort of a self-contained community, there's one shoe store. I can't open up because it's hasagas Because there's there's a chayyin I am drawing sustenance from here. If you plant yourself here, you're drawing me out. So it's it's a very very powerful form of t'staka, where the Raman says the first madriga is to have the person take, get a job, to give the person a job. So the Veoh means, before Nasantittan, before even giving a person needs, allow the person to have. So that means give each one the space for a job. So for instance, if we have a big marketplace, a Mahnihuda, everybody can open up a place because nobody's taking away the other person's livelihood. Um, another thing, let's say I happen to sell blueberries out of my backyard, but it's not my livelihood, there's no isr kapasit l'chayyeh. So along the line, things that are vital as a consumer, we have the same gather of kapasit That is, So what's the difference if you don't allow me to make a living, or you don't allow me to buy goods? It's like in communist Russia. Everybody earned a, a, a very not well, but it was on Dubai. I mean, what difference does it make if you don't have money to buy apples or no apples to buy? It's basically the same thing. The, the question is just do, do you have to steal the money or the apples? But, but the, the, it's, a, it's sort of an academic issue. There's no, there's no real uh, nafgemina. It was like the, the farce, and I, I was in Russia in '87, I was communist. The highest salary was not Sholem, the head of the Communist Party. He was a tzaddik, he was an ascetic, he didn't, uh, he, he made less, a full-tenured a full professor made the highest salary in Russia because they valued education. He made 500 ruble a month. In all of Russia there was nothing to buy 500 rubles. The, the, it, everything was, was in the copy case, and there was no goods. The, 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 the head of the Communist Party, the secretary general, made... 400 rubles a month, but but he had imported stuff from France and England, we pay for a few kopekas per stuff. So officially he was a tzaddik, he didn't take, you know, he took only kedei but, mechiyaseh, but it made no difference. So, so what's the difference? So the v'chei means allow for people to live. So that means goods that are necessary. and The word chayi nefesh rings with that. Um, so, so that's many learned pshat, that that's what it falls in that category. It's, it's, it makes a lot of sense, it's, it's, a, it's a, the... Um, yes? That only for that are only for yes. <laughs> yes. Can the Ram only? The Ram says, the Ram says... Okay. Um, and if somebody tells you wine is a luxury, Ram says wine is chai <laughs> So you can uh, see them have it right. What? <laughs> It's actually funny. Bread is considered a luxury. Flour is considered a necessity. Bread, baked bread is a luxury, but flour is a necessity. There's another way that I would venture to say, and it, 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 would make, it would fit much better with their structure, Rambam. Let's go back to uh, I, I, I And let's think a minute about it. If I sell you something, it's not what I said it is. Um, I told you it's Diet Coke, and instead it's water. So fine, that, that's cheating and so on and so forth. I sell you this, this is a Diet Coke, and I'm selling it to you for $10. And you agree to it. Now you find out that it only costs $2. Well, but why would that cancel the sale? You were willing to pay $10 for it. For you it's worth $10. I told you it's $10. So what is the root of a no? Where does it come from? So whatever it is, and and it's something to think about, at the end of the day, the gap between what it can be bought for and what it's sold for, is something that is, um, is up for question. And therefore, stus is what the Torah said is the appropriate mock-up. So when a person buys something, a person, and, and by the way, this is an appropriate mock-up after all expenses and everything else. It's, it's, it, it, it depends if a person sells it retail, wholesale. Twenty percent is above and beyond cost. The Torah said that that is an appropriate markup. If I'm up front and I tell you I've marked it up two hundred percent, it's called a mechila. In other words, you said a mochel. But there is something about the Torah giving that as the appropriate markup because Mechatesa, I can take something I paid for ten and gave it to you. In chayin nefesh. So we said that we we force people to stay within a ghetto that the Torah gave as appropriate. It sounds as if the Rambam is saying that. What's a svarah? What's a sechel, I don't know, but 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 it definitely sounds closer to that in the Rambam than 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 saying that it's mehuch stock and so on. Yes. How are you pay for Rambam? We crave a person never to take that. If, if I give you if I give you another hundred dollars, then then you're right, but. And the, the, um, the chazal will pay for the person. It, it's certainly a chazal kfeer. They will cry for people not to take more so that. Because it'll to affect happen. the other person. You're right. At the end of the day, we're not worried about the person who wants to buy it for that price. We're worried about the person who can't buy it for that price. That, that's obviously what we're worried about. So, so, now, there are different exceptions for this. And it's important to note the exceptions because they're very applicable. There's a rush that we saw, it brings a remagash, it's on page it's on page uh, sixteen. The rush says the Rimagash, Kosov over there he's talking about a, a person comes into a city to sell goods and undersell the people who sell the city. So he says if he's not underselling them, the people in the city have a right to exclude him, because like I said before, each, each, each person's um, a place of residence is his primary source of panasa. But the rimagash says, if if he's underselling them, it's for the general good of the community. Other people have a right to buy it cheaper. Yes, I have right for Hanasa, but part of your is being able to buy goods cheaper, and therefore, since we have that, uh, since we have that conflicting need, we don't uh, we we allow him to compete because it keeps the prices down. So the rush has an exception that if the prices are kept cheaper by outside competition, and uh, that you can do. One. I mean, how do you know that? I mean, what's really w- well, uh, they, they come to the Rav and they say, Rebbe, this guy came in with a truckload of, 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 of uh, sacks and he's selling. So yes, so what, time price time selling what price are you selling sacks? What price are you selling sacks for? He's setting up shop here? Or yeah, is, yeah he's setting up shop. One time, uh... any, any type. Of, this is talking about people who came in as, as, as peddlers. So, 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 um, so, competition as a way of keeping prices down is very important. One. Well, it's only like, I mean, the city, Where do you see? What? It? I mean, the, the swear- no, he says as a swear. The Rima Gash says you can't tell me that. It, what's the We all have a right. We live here. We all have a right to make our living here. But if my making a living is at, at your expense, you can. If, if you know if, if if you let somebody else in, prices go down. It, it's very. I'll tell you where it's very common. In, in, in commu- smaller communities, um, this is a very big struggle. You have kosher stores. Um, so, so, so you, you have a, a kosher store who inevitably is going to be more expensive than Kaskau or, or the ShopRite or whatever it is. So now, it was Silver Spring is relevant. You have two kosher stores, three kosher stores, and Kaskau wanted a, a hashkocha on their, on their um, baked goods. So people are up in arms. You'll, you'll take away the panacea. They brought in chickens. Brought this. Brought that. So, so the first thing you see in the rush is that it, it, when you're looking to see um, personal fish, you also need to look at the other side. One, two. The tour brings, and I'm abbreviating because the tour brings. If it doesn't mean. 20% flat if the market price is substantially higher. So, for instance, let's take chay flour. So let's say a bag of flour, they're I'm going to sit down and they, 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 they figure out it costs uh, uh, $100 to produce a sack of flour, mark it up with, with, with 20%, with $20 and you're, and you're there. So, but, but the market sells it for $150. They're not mechoyev to you keep the market price. The question is um, if the Rabbanim said to sell at 120, how did the market price get to be 150? So the, that's the shaila. That's the shaila they, they talk about. So one answer is you have Goyim or you have people that didn't have the list upon Rabbanim, so just because this guy is a neb and he's a firm guy you don't make him suffer and he should sell it at a loss when everybody else or this whole din is when the market hasn't determined that price. In other words, when you allow for free flow of the goods, that's what some is hold. And it's, that's where it level up because of supply and demand, you don't make an artificial low price. And that's an incredible p- point. In other words, 20% is with the market, it, and, and, and it's more of a monopoly. In other words, if let's say there are two or three stores that sell flour, we can set the price. So in other things, in luxury items, we, can't, we couldn't care less. We don't impose anything. Try, charge $1,000 for the painting. People won't buy, they won't buy. It's your problem. In high Nefesh, we impose restrictions. But those restrictions come after the market has said what its value is. So we let the market adjust itself. Then we come along and say, if, it's, if, it, if you want to charge more than 20% of what the market would fetch, we don't allow that. So you have you have different opinions. Let me tell you where something like this came up, and, and why it's very important to understand this halacha fully. The Meir Shiva has Baruch a lot of light, thousands, and apartments in Malatav and are rented out for exorbitant fees, and. It's very difficult when you're getting three hundred dollars a month in yeshiva to pay twenty four hundred dollars rent in, 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 in Ahmadashkol for, for for a hole or something, or fifteen hundred, whatever they charge and and people complained. They 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 got they got a Takana signed by Rabbanim to to make a flat, to make a ceiling for how much you can rent it out. Now um, let's think about it. So first of all um, price controls can only work if everybody is on board and everybody wants to keep those price controls because what happens is everybody's a Hamad Chachem so I really rented for that amount of money but that you gave me money before a, 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 or you, you rent it out, I'm renting you the apartment for this, but you, the water and the electricity, to use the water electricity, you have to pay another thousand dollars. The ingenuity, the shtickrach that came out of that was awesome. That, that's very good. <laughs> then you have somebody who asked a different rav, and the different rav said they're about know what they're talking about. So that, that, that created the market of the different rav. It became very popular rav, whoever said, and so on. But there's another piece of this puzzle, two more pieces of the puzzle. I mean, if they did their homework, they should know what happens when you have rent control in a place like New York. The housing deteriorates. and shortages. So so, so I, I, I don't think that was a concern, but let me tell you two other concerns. Again, within the framework of halacha, one is, and what about the person who owns the apartment? Many of those apartments are owned by younger light, who moved to Kiyat Sefer. Or, 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 or Bet Shemesh, and rented out this apartment that 's where they made Parsa from, so one man 's Pannossa is the other person 's price so this here 's a wealthy American guy who 's come for two years and can 't afford it here 's a young man he got an apartment in Mallo Daphne when he got married, and now he 's moved out to there it', it you're not, it's not there 's no one hero one villain there 's two sides to it, like like the, the rush over here where, where somebody by not allowing Goods are coming from China, I'm paying. I, I you know like I would like to all these people that cheered somebody who said he's going to stop importing goods from China. I like to tell them, would you like a shirt to cost sixty five dollars? Are you interested in paying that? Then then, then we have what's what, you can, you're not going to be able to buy shirts for five dollars if if you don't import from somewhere else. Make up your mind. You can't have it both ways. That's an issue. How logically is a problem? Two, three. At the end of the day there's just X amount of apartments. The only thing that you're doing is you are simply shifting who's gonna live in the apartment. There are only 100 apartments, there are 500 apartments, 100 apartments. It's, it's not as if apartments are standing empty or whatever it is. It's there, there are just X amount of apartments. So either people will get it by paying for it or people will get it by, um, or people will get it by Getting around this is like in Russia. You didn't get it by paying for it. You got it by knowing somebody who knows where to get it from You can't create more apartments than there are And this is one of the things like the housing shortage in Israel if it's based on an arbitrary tax the government is putting in It's you to raise it is one thing. So if the apartment is sitting empty and people need apartments, then you can make a takana. But but if the takana results in not having the same amount of apartments, then you're not creating any more high and that's why Letting the market determine the price means something. Everybody wants to rent out their apartment. So, so if we can get a price, a crazy price, like $2,000 for, for three tiny rooms, it's because there are so many people who need apartments. Someone's gonna have to live in Malta, someone's gonna have to live in Romain, someone's gonna have to live in, Rome, gonna have to live in Rome, so, so either allow economics to determine, which is the least of all evils, or the Rashiva called up and said, you must rent out this person. I once had a story. I was sitting up one, one night at my house, and almost like out of a movie, this was in Artesur, now as a bureau, the door flies open. It was like, whoa. It, it, like two people just, it, you know, like <laughs> flew in. And they're arguing, yelling, screaming. One of these people had an apartment he was renting out. The other person had rented the apartment, was leaving back to America, and, and had wanted his brother to take over his apartment. His brother, um, his, his brother, uh, it was going to come live there. The person who rented it out rented it to someone else. And, um, and he, or was about to rent it out, whatever, and he was very upset. He felt he had told me to rent it to his brother, and, or his brother deserves it first. I know, sort of a barometer of sorts, and whatever. And that was the argument. They were both very upset. So they asked me what they should do. I said, keep jacking up the price till one of them falls off. That's, that's the smartest way to go about it. So the so guy says, what if you can't jack up anymore? He said, no such thing, let me, let's let try it. And how much did you take from him? 1,500, 1,700, your brother wants it? Does the other guy want it? Get, keep going. And it, it was ludicrous because so the person who wanted it for his brother had no tina whatsoever. There was no tina, no tvia. I just placated him, I said, you know, I think the other person is right, but he didn't treat you nicely enough. He should apologize. That was, that was my achroah. <laughs> but, but I told him, you keep jack up. That's the reality. If there's one diamond, the reason why diamonds are so expensive is because they're not that many of them, and many people want them. If people stop wanting diamonds, what? There are different constraints. There's actually tons and tons of diamonds. So again, so, 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 so that's a problem. And, and for some people, it might be Chay Nefesh. I don't know. You know that, that's, uh, it, but I'm saying, it, it's, so let's sum up this piece over here. Basically, there is a makom of intervention for public good. It applies to things that are necessities, and it, and it tashtis, the logical thing is that it's a get of chaynefesh. The, the, the mitzvah is to make sure that everybody in Kalal Yisrael has means to live, which is a basic substance. We have to take into account a, we have to limit it to things, like that. so that's, why, that's why I felt when the other thing about this apartment, if they would have made it to kind of for the low end apartments, like the apartment the, the, you know, that's really at the end of town, so that minimally everybody can afford something, they'd be on a lot stronger grounds, logically. Two, if you are interfering with market forces that will create a shortage, you have a problem. If you are undercutting other people who are going to lose something because of it, you have a problem. These are things that you have to consider on the other side. That, that's that's what I, those are the things I wanted to point out here. Um, I want to. So we sort of finished these topics. In other words, market market forces, regulation, and the and the and the hardest of your regulation due to public good. I want to. List two more things and again. I, I we don't have enough time to develop all the ideas, but it's it, in you know Ten lachach miach I wanted to Bring in two more items with regard to economy that I think are very important to know One is on page um, 25 and let me tell you You get the following you get the following statements we see eye to eye with Republican Party, Libertarian Party. Welfare doesn't, no, no welfare, no Medicaid, no Obamacare, no this, no that, the other thing, whatever it is. Like I said when I started out, one of my caveats is that we're not automatic bedfellows with anybody who comes around. Um, I'm happy to say on this issue we, we, we have the same interests, but we need to, we need to develop our own Hashguff and understanding to a degree that is ours, not anybody else's, nobody else's agenda. We've spoken about that the market forces are obvious, universal. Th- these are facts, and the takanos whether they apply or not, I have no idea, and it doesn't really interest us. But let's go to charity. Charity is already pierced market forces regulation. These are pure religious obligations. Is there, is there something that we can say is so basic that it's universal, or not? There's been a bechaya that I want to share with you, and this is on page 25. He speaks about stone. What does that mean? and he brings the psukim and so on. And he says like this: um, because they were so this was them. It wasn't, they happened to have various here and there. This was stone. The essential stone. Lekach alav. Sharei says, There's no nation in the world that doesn't help each other. The idea of helping the other was mos. Achzorim doesn't mean cruel, Achzorim means uncaring, insensitive. So he says, where, where did the Nabi come? Was it one, It's not one of Zimisim Noah. They, they certainly weren't chayev in Torah. Hine had mitzvah helping people, charity, is something that is basic. It's a human being. V'dover mituavu. It's disgusting. She'adam esmino mutl berav. He sees a human being hungry, v'anshe and he's. Wealthy and full, mikol tuv veyim rachman vachas nafshe. Alachas kam v'kam v'mishul moshe, like the Dr. Scuttn spoke, somebody who's your nation v'dorim v'yachas and your city fellow valkein of darashas baron shestoyim sheimonu moso velokne kam saniyim. So the Rabbeinu says a minimal level of care about your fellow country people or any human being that's that's starving to death is something that is essential to being a human being. And if you're lacking that, then you're not worthy of existence. He says it's this is not it's, it's not an ideal, a theological ideal. This is something that should be innate. And if, it, and if you don't have it innate in you, then you can't be called a human being. That's what Rabbi Machai is saying. It's an incredible... And, and therefore, a person needs to ask himself, and again, I don't want to go into mechanics of Obamacare, anything like that. In, in, a, in, a, world, in, in a country as wealthy as America... To have people laying in a gutter, not getting help they need, is unthinkable. What's the best way to do it? How should we do it? There are are good reasons to do it in different ways, but at the end of the day, this is a very, very powerful point. And somebody gets up and says, it's not my business, I couldn't care less as a nation, is running the risk of overlapping with Dr. So It's an extraordinary Rebim Bechaya. That's one thing that I wanted to mention. And I think it's very, it's very important. When we're, when we're talking in, about these in Yanim, it's a very important. Is it Medina Medina, or it's uh, He uh, says, and if you walk by, and you see a human being lying in, in, in dire need, it's universe. And he says, especially if it's a fellow citizen, fellow countryman, take t- t- care, what? is it for, for, for each by itself, it it he, um, he talks about the he talks about storm and Stom made the... Lo- you see in Chazao, that the Gzeera the, the was on Stone as a Matthias. Um, I, I want to, I, I, you know, it was Chaturani Maskayom When we were young, the Big Eight Sahara was Ayn Rand. I don't know if you're dating myself or, or not, but that was a Big Eight Sahara. And we, we all empathized with it, and we were against the welfare states and, so and so forth. Um, Ayn Rand plagiarized Stone, she, she got it from Stone. She actually was a hypocrite because her niece wrote about her that she actually was a very sweet and kind lady. She said she got many undeserved gifts from her. So she wasn't even so... What? I think they were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but say that... <laughs> well, Well, that, uh, well, 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 well <laughs> <laughs> But, 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 and um, at the end of the day, a, a sheet that says the weak should die and the strong should survive, started in stone, was... Continued and developed magnificently by Hitler, and we as kids read Ayn Rand. That, that was the, that was the end of it. What? Sorry? And Russia was Jews. name was Rosenberg. I, I, yeah, of course, and the socialists were Jews. We had the communists and we had the Nazis. We, we had them both <laughs> <laughs> They once said they this used to be a joke in Russia 10 out of the 12 original Politburo members were Jewish And, and they the joke was one I said you have to get the two going out without munchen now, you know, that was that was, that was the uh, Okay that's one thing. I wanted to say over another piece that I think would be of great interest. And this is Fall Hirsch. And well, since yeah. we have a in you know, what? Yes. Sorry, I just, just wanted to I just bring it down to the political scene. I, you know, I don't think there's a debate in the world out there if charity is a value. The debate is whether it should be government-mandated or not. I think that's really... So well, this, does it really... Help us. Does it more he he does by sort of focusing it on the society. My gut feeling is, he's speaking about actually stone, and, and stone as a nation, the way Kazal portrayed it is, it was built into the law. In other words, not to give stucker was, it wasn't just a lot of Yechidim who were bad people. This was the ethos of the society. This was the principles. So the anti, there's a legal system which is anti-tzedakah. There's a big gap between a legal system where there is you must get stuck. and there's a legal system where there's a moral code to give tzedakah, but it's not legally. So, met. So, so if a nation is an entity, if, if I'm a to, if if we understand as Americans that A has to go to a battle and die to protect B, then there's also an obligation on B to worry about C. In other words, you can't say somebody should worry about it, but not, it, 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 the a government today is such a strong entity that, that it's the only one that has the real power to reach out to everybody that's sick or hungry and provide minimally for it. So so it's, it, you say, yeah, the private charity will take care of it. I, do you honestly think that way? Or, or it's just a good way to saying, I don't want tax taken and I'll make a decision about charity or not. If the person gives, millions of dollars of charity looks for all the poor people hungry people and he says I give a better government I understand that I'm not sure that that's the case of, of all the people that, that, that say it that way what? what do you mean private? no private. Uh, you know what I'm, I, I want to tell you something if people are honestly trying it's fine you know but when it's an excuse it's no, hypocritical so the same thing hundred percent so so if it's a country if a person say, if that's somebody that's sits down and worries about it someone says we have X amount of people die without getting any medical care and and, and so on and so forth if we'll do this this and this it'll rectify that's fine it, as long as you, as somebody actually felt a moral obligation that's fine and that's just so it's a very i society and everybody feels that Christ there are different ways to do it and if a person genuinely does it but you know, I'm 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 just uh, I'm I'm a little bit of a cynic on this. That when people say they don't want to be taxed because the government doesn't at the dollars, I think the dick is the ratio. They don't want to be taxed. You know, <laughs> it can work both ways. It can work both ways. That's and correct. Can be, can be a problem, but it alienates people from each other rather than building social bonds. Meaning, it's not the model of the community where you had everyone knew each other, we knew that we're giving stuff to one so I don't care if, if somebody came up with a real plan and showed that he really was um, concerned and cared and put a lot of thought into it, um, and it would involve giving money. At the end of the day, t- to feed starving people and, and dying and, and help sick people needs money. Whether I'm giving it to a private organization, to the government, to, to, to this or that... If I show my wallet and I say, "Here's, I'm giving it to this and this stucker fund, who I think knows how to administer it," I, I hear the argument. But when when the is vague about the stuckers that he gave, then, then I, you know, then it's lacking this area. Doesn't it matter how they got to the situation. At the end of the day, it doesn't. It, it's smart. At the end of the day, if somebody's dying, you can't say, "Well, you were a dope addict all your life. This is your end." Yeah, but he needs two years, one for the kid, one for himself. Huh? Well, I'm sorry? <laughs> so, so definitely a smart thing would be, how do we, how do we, how do we break that? Uh, yes, it, it's definitely much smarter to deal with the resource, but again, halakhically, if a guy comes to your doorsteps and says, I'm not working, but I'm hungry, um, so you do what you can. That's and, can okay. that, and there were seven studies made, I think I can remember, the might be Westbrook. Yeah. study says it comes down to people who give charity are against government charity, and all the people, the people in favor it give much less charity. You know, so I I want I, I want wanna... to. Like, I mean, in general, the people like Biden or whatever give tiny amounts of. Charity I I I mean that those also... are. Are but they Reagan Reagan didn't give much money either. They they once had how much he gave when he spoke at the private sector. Private sector he gave he gave a few pennies. It was not much embarrassing what he gave on his. No, his thing in general. He, he did the isn't, numbers. Isn't this ultimate what causes a society's destruction? I mean, you see all the terrible things the midrash says that they that they did, and still the pasuk in Yecheskel says which the The reason why they were destroyed was because they didn't do Chesed. chesed they. They did horrible things. That was the uh, instructor. But, but was it, the was, it, was, I it was, sometimes you do, let, let me give you an example. You have people who have kindness to them, but they can become violent, they become upset, they become angry, whatever it is. But you have people that don't care about the other person. There's something missing. It, 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 there's, there's, a, there's a person who gives a lot of shali, stuff. Shali shalok, shalok is worse than shali, shali. In a certain sense, exactly. One is bad, me, then one's me, Ref Soloveitchik once spoke about the novel, and he said, "Novel was the quintessential American self-made man. Okay. My sheep, my cattle, my possessions. I'm a self-made man. What right does he have to impose?" He says, "Novel was the quintessential American we're proud of. That was his. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is okay. I, I wanna, I wanna do. I'm sorry. What? That's very good." <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's one more thing in the economic sphere I want to touch. It's a beautiful of Hirsch, and let me explain to you why. Um, for many reasons, but, but the thing, when we speak about Torender um, Eretz, the mistake is to think of it as a heter. You can also do other things. You think of it as also keeping mitzvahs while you're working in a, it's. In a, in a, in a, in a, Rev Hirsch was a giant who was able to see Torah branch out at the bottom of the mountain, like we said yesterday. And that, was, that was godless in his perspective, in his vision, how he saw things. He has here a piece. There were two pieces. I, I'm going to deal only one now. There's a piece here where he speaks about the complicated system of selling land in halacha. In, for those of you who, who ever learned Bahar and Buhukosei, you know, in, in the end of Bahar, and you sell the land, and it comes back to you have the Yovel, and it, and it creates a whole myriad. It sounds very complicated and very unwieldy. And what's the point of it? Um, so he says the following. This is an extraordinary point, which is it's it's, it's really it's it's enlightening in how Tanya flows down into the world. He said. The relationship between land and capital is complex for the following reasons. A dislanded, a disinherited group of people um, are pr- trouble. People feel they belong to a country, they feel obligated, they have a muck home, and that makes for that, that makes a very, very stable society. On the other hand, land is frozen and you can't capitalize on it, and then you, you're stuck, it's, it's like somebody has a business that's worth millions of dollars, but he can't expand it because the millions of dollars are just things that can't be sold, can't be traded, can't be, can't be uh, leveraged, nothing. So, so you have here a dilemma, so to speak, or, or two opposite poles, each one of them extremely destructive. To have people that can become disinherited and become a, a landless class is looking for trouble. Um, look at all the societies that are very, very America, most people own something, and there's a stability. And, and you go to South American countries this where you have, you know, vast amounts of people that are shiftless and kind of so on, real problem. So the terrorists said like this, every single person at this world has a place that's his, that's frozen. You can't sell your nachla forever. On the other hand, you can capitalize on it. And buy, you're basically leasing it. So the Torah gave a mechanism for keeping everybody with a muck that's his and allowing for capitalization so that you could buy a tractor. You can do stuff like that by leasing out of land and so on. That's the beauty of of the system. It's an extraordinary piece. It, 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 it's 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 sort of shining like, like the gave it before. He's taking halachas that to us seem zera and it's it's certainly not right to understand these halachas as being because of it. In other words, the halacha is not limited to this. But th- th- let, let me explain. I guess where I'm coming from. Um, we, we spoke yesterday about the model of you know. Um, theoretical math and, and physics and engineering and the, 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 the uh, washing machine uh, handyman. Torah itself, it's, it, we have a halacha, it's, it says darchi noah. Darchi noah means that Torah itself flows into this world in a way that's compatible and positive even in this world activities. It's not something that is in contrast. At sometimes it can be challenging. Fasting on Kippa is not pleasant, um, but it's something which in the in the bigger picture is 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 positive. It, it's, so these halachas of having the shorish starts in Olomus In other words, it's because everybody has a small community so on and so forth. But when it lands in this world. It makes sociological and economic sense. That's the mark of it. So so Torah halachas sometimes, they they might contradict an immediate impulse. I'm selling the land, sold the land, for good. But in the end of it, the halachic system um, allows for very productive economic sense. That's the point that I feel isn't enough Hirsch, and it's extraordinary. It's, it's worth it, this is another, another point also that I brought out, but that's, that's what I wanted to do on this e- economic era. So just briefly, we'll sum up, and if there's a minute or two questions, then I want to go on to the next piece. We went through some brief sketches about economy of One is the motivation is definite profit, and you can't take that out of the system, and the system would work. Two, despite the fact that profit is motivation, and that, and the market itself—not despite the market itself—therefore is a recognized and valid entity as deciding fair prices and so on and so forth. There are regulatory mechanisms that society can use for a variety of reasons, going from making the marketplace inherently fair and and uh, and uh, predictable, uh, so, you know, law and order and 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 not hoarding and so on and so forth, to having. Um, regulations that allow for common good. And then we got to the final point, which is the concept of Chayi Nefesh and Pascha there that for th- to allow everyone to have the potential to earn a livelihood in terms of a business that's not destroyed by someone else, in terms of, a, of being able to afford basic commodities, and that that is appropriate to enact those laws, but it has to be counterbalanced by other issues as well. Will it will it will it create negative effects in the market that will destroy any good you did? Will it affect other people in any ways that are that are bad and so on? Um, and is the person going to lose by keeping these halachas and so on? Those that was the sketch that we did at that. We also spoke about tztaqa despite the fact that for us it's a halacha, halacha there's a, a part of tztaqa at a very elementary level which really um, speaks to the heart or the core of what a human being is. That's adkan, khan, I wanted to go back to some of the issues because I, I feel I, I hear these issues coming up again and again, and, and I would like to sort of um, focus, um, so maybe we'll just do another recording. I just I don't want to I, uh, Keep this separate and, you know, this is, outcome was the economy stuff.